You are listening to Is There an Echo in Here? A podcast about Echo and the Bunnymen. To another episode. Hey, old Kermit the Frog here. Sesame Street News. That's my. We all have hidden talents, folks. And you want to hear my hidden talent? Yeah. When I see here, that is, of course. We're to tomorrow. Scott I don't really know, <laughs> know the uh, Stone Temple Pilots. I can do all of those. Like. I would love to hear. I would actually love to hear what Ian thinks of those singers. I would too. What does he think of Eddie Vedder and Scott Weiland? What does he think of that? Oh. Um, you want to state <laughs> what we do here? Yeah. This is a podcast where I come into my partner's studio, where he is usually working on some sort of musical project, and I say, "Hey." Time to stop doing that and do something I want to do. And talk about the bunny man. The bunny man, the bunny men, Echo, and her friends. You know? Yep. That's what we do. Um, So if you are just joining us, welcome. If you've been with us a while, you know we are just barely keeping our heads above Barely getting one. by here. <laughs> Things have slowed to a snail's pace. Oh, grinding halt. Although some of the people, I think... Are just discovering it, well... Or binging it up, and then we'll put this out, and they'll be like, oh, just in time to f- for my binge. So, yeah, it's been hard to get the podcast out. You know, it's been a big, long year. Pandemic. Crazy guy leading the country. Coup. Coup d'etat. <laughs> Our kid didn't go to school. You know. Um... Just a lot, you know, cut a lot cutting into our podcast time. Yes. Which is really sad. It, it's really sad, but it's changing now, we think, and we just hope that we are going to be able to put these episodes out more frequently. And I do have a bit of news, and that is that our podcast has moved to Athens, Georgia, because Athens is the Liverpool of the South. And we'll talk more about that someday. All right. What's on the menu tonight? We got, uh, okay, we're going to do some letters that are long overdue. And then we're going to get into talking about a very important song in the Bunnymen catalog. Mm-hmm. One that I will assert is very relevant during this time. It is called... Swing and fall. Oh. It is called Pictures on My Wall. Oh, yes. Also known as The Pictures the on pictures My Wall. The Pictures on My Wall. Is it really? Are there two versions of it that yes. were cut out? Oh, one had the and one didn't? Okay. I love that. I thought, I didn't know that was real. It, oh, it's real. It's um, real. So it's going to be a real fun time. You get to hear Shane sing during the musical analysis. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 
We're going to analyze the song. Well, I'm glad we had this talk. So, pictures on my wall, or the pictures on my wall, will be the topic for this evening's episode. Yeah, and we will talk about it and only it, and we are going to figure out what it's about, what what makes it tick. <laughs> what makes that song tick. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to say it's that clave on beat two. <laughs> Okay. So sit back and relax and enjoy the ride. Okay, Courtney. So um, while you were renovating a house, we received a letter (laughs) called the Gift of Vision 14. This arrived on October 26 from a... Keith Wilson. Uh, Hi, Shane and Courtney. Over the last week, I have been listening to your very, underline, in-depth analysis of The Bunnymen. I really enjoy the way you have structured the episodes and look forward to listening to the rest over the next week or so. I'm up to number 14. With regard to episode 14, Gift of Vision, I always assumed this was reference to the Bowie song. Question mark. Also, I think Will and Ian met in Kirkland's. I have attached a part of a local radio show, The Bunnyman Hour, I taped in the mid-80s when I was a student in Liverpool. Not sure if you will be able to play it, but I hope so. Fell in love with The Bunnyman then and have followed and collected their output ever since. I have never heard of another Bunnyman podcast, so congratulations and please keep them coming. Best regards, Keith Wilson, Downley Bucks, England. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for that very kind and encouraging letter. And I want to say that it is a lyric from a Bowie song. So, Gift of Vision. Yeah. Yeah, Bowie has a song called Sound and Vision. And in that song, he says, I'm waiting for the gift of sound and vision, and I will sing. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a song lyric. It's from... The Berlin Trilogy. Uh, yeah. It's got David, David Bowie, Bowie album. Low. Low. Uh-huh. Thank you for pointing that out. We didn't touch on that at all. And, the gift uh, of sound and vision. That's yeah. what he's talking about. That's what he's talking about. And we are, of course, referring to the meeting of Will Sargent and Ian McCulloch. Okay? So let's just be clear here. All right. These guys, if you're just tuning in, <laughs> met in a bathroom. At Kirkland's, yes. Will and Ian. Or Kirkland's, as and Ian is about Ian, to call it. Will was like, what, what you up to? And he's like, I'm just waiting for the gift of vision. Yeah. And that was a Bowie lyric quote. And we like waxed Will, all kinds of like <laughs> philosophical and uh, well, we, hypotheses about it. We imbued it with a lot of meaning. But, but he, that's what we do here. And, he, and Will was so impressed. He was like, that's deep, man. That's my guy. That's I'm going to make you famous. <laughs> right? Okay. And so he sent us a clip that, you know, I feel like, unless they were saying the same thing in every interview, which is kind of what you do um, as a musician, as a rock star, but I feel like this must be one of the original audio pieces where, you know, anytime anybody talks about their their meeting. Yeah. They must be getting it from this interview that he sent us. Right. That he um, taped off the radio 
in the 80s, okay? Orig- this is his audio that he taped, and it sounds amazing. Are y'all? I'm going to play a clip. I don't want to tape this? Yes. All right, so this is his audio. Uh-huh. Okay, listen to this. It's the Bunnyman Hour. We should have called us the Bunnyman Hour, hour in 40 half. minutes. <laughs> All right. So here they are. They're going. Okay. Tell them a little. Tell them stories. We're just going to scroll through while we're on air. I think it was in August night in Kirklands. Kirklands. I'd just been kicked out of this. So the, it was sort of like a group that wasn't a group. Um, jazz funk group that later became the Teardrop Explodes. Right. A jazz funk group that later became the Teardrop Explodes, and he was fired from it. No one else to talk to. Um, I was getting them in. Yeah. After that, I said, I, I, I believe you can sing, lad. <laughs> and you went. I burst into song. Yeah. Singing Space Oddity or something. <laughs> yeah, probably. And uh, I said, What are you waiting for? And you went, I'm waiting for the gift of vision. <laughs> I that is a Bowie <laughs> fan. He remembers what he's wearing. Now this is like a couple. These like, are two guys that really like each other. That are stoked to be in a band with each other. Things are going well. Oh, it's, it's a the happy early eighties time. Thing. They're just kind of like really riding sort of a the momentum of, of a destiny. Of a destiny. Of a yeah, they're not. They're, it's not. Um, it's just things are just happening. They're just happening to yeah. them. Yeah. And again, you know, you want to say it just happened so easily. And it did in the sense of like how magical it all was and how good the music was. But they still were just like riding around in a dirty van with some shitty, you know, speakers. Yeah, but the, you, but the magic of the music just it took, makes it, it into, I mean, you're just, it just turn, it just coats the whole world and like, you know. Yeah. Magic dust and uh, <laughs> you know any dirty basement is just transformed into oh my you God. know a glorious like a ballroom interdimensional like playground. That's better. I like that better. I want to say I feel like that bond still exists, like beneath the bullshit and the whatever, what have you, yeah. old man. Yeah, really. I do. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. Like, I mean, you're been their in, love you've been made band. the killing man. I know. Have you been in band? I feel like I do. I, I have had. The, you've I been mean, in bands. I know. I have a bond with. You ever been in a band where like you have a fallen out? <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. Sting and Stuart Copeland went to therapy. Yes. And if made they it? can do it, yeah. I mean, can you imagine the shit they said to each other that landed? But like Roger Waters and, and oh, David Gilmore oh, still don't just, be getting along. No, and just uh, fighting. And really, and and Joey Ramone went to his grave oh, not talking to Johnny God. Ramone. Of course not. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I like to believe that too. I'm not trying to naysay <laughs> that very nice sentiment that there's some magic spark that created that music and. It's like their parents yeah. together. They don't seem like. I believe. I think they just ran out of stuff to say. With them in particular, say. they're not like Sting and. No, Stuart no, they don't Copeland. hate each other. They've worked through stuff before. I think they like just maybe like literally ran out of stuff to talk about, you know. 
It's just kind of like, there you are, here I am. It's like, really? yeah. It's like someone you go to, you work with at a restaurant. <laughs> and I you, don't ha- get you don't have anything in common. You don't have common. to talk yeah. anymore. Maybe you do have things in common, but maybe you just, it has all been said. It's said on the stage. Yeah. You say it on the stage. Mm-hmm. If we run out of things to say, mm-hmm. we can just talk about Echo and the Bunnymen. Oh, yeah. But That's they're in Echo and the Bunnymen. So, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's, a pro- it's, it's a problem. not as fun. It's a problem. It's, it's not, not as fun for them to talk about it. <laughs> it's, it's more fun from the outside, I have a feeling. Okay. We could go on and on, and we will again. But And again and again and again. <laughs> and on and on and on. Till the early morning. <laughs> Till the break of dawn. Two, I know, two like sexy ladies going to get it on. <laughs> That's another, if you're not from Florida, maybe you're not familiar with that song. Two sexy ladies going to get it on. See, I know it too. On till the early. All those things. Do you know that one? <laughs> that little day? Okay. Let's focus. 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 All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we want to thank you for sending this. Yeah, we appreciate the... When people fill us in. I know. If we miss something. If we miss something, which we we're all in often this together. do. We, yeah, uh-huh. we're just, we're now, just spitballing here. We are. We're just kind of, you know. I'm scraping by. So after that letter, we received another letter. This guy, Brent James, who is, I believe, a prof- he's a professor at App State, which is in North Carolina, and uh, says, hey, we're big fans of the podcast. Hopefully you'll be back soon. And we now have one of our own. See below. We're also from Tallahassee. Crazy. That is. And this is Brent Allen James, PhD, who's a senior lecturer, Department of Languages, Literatures, and Cultures at App State. And they have a podcast that we are going to plug here in a second, if I can get into it. It's called High Bias Mixtape. Deep dive into 80s alternative music and culture from the analog natives who lived it. Five lifelong friends who came of age in the American South reconnect over Zoom to analyze and deconstruct, otherwise celebrate the music of their formative years. Okay, so they got this s- is the best podcast ever. Yep, join co-host Brent James, Neil Butler, Andres Walker, Anders uh, Walker, Jason Chimonese, oh man, Bobby Arnold. <laughs> join these guys who are friends. Uh, as they are rangy conversations unpack the enduring appeal of post-punk, new wave, synth-pop, goth, industrial, and the various affiliated sub-genres that continue to impact the musical landscape. So that is a podcast called High Bias Mixtape um, uh, that you can get everywhere. And and it is the greatest podcast of all time. And we're excited I to check it, it out. We haven't yet, even listened to it yet, uh, but it seems, it seems awesome. The podcast I have been looking for, and, and um, I, I could just... Oh, I'm so yeah. excited. I, that's what I'm doing the second we hit, the, you know. Oh, so cool. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Brent. All right. Well, that's about it for the letters today. Yep. And just know that if we haven't talked about your letter yet, it's because we loved it so much that we're probably doing a special episode on it. For example, all those things sent a letter. And we will be doing a whole episode on that letter. And I can't wait. Oh, wow. Look at that. Uh-huh. Have I not read this letter? Maybe not. I had a quiet night. It was like, you know, early in the pandemic. And I sat and read it and just... 
I might have read it. This is from April. Listen to the song. We are so behind in our letters is what it comes down to. I realize now there's many, life, ma- many yeah. letters over the last several months that are like people pouring their hearts out for yeah. endless paragraphs. And we're like, yeah, well, we'll get to it, though. That's the, that's the beauty. And this is the thing about the music. Once again, and why we're here is that time travel <laughs> is possible. You know, right. that's the whole thing about music, this continuum existing on this astral plane. Who One of the letters said, you know, thank you for being willing to live within the realms of the impossible. And that's what we're doing. It doesn't matter. We take six months, eight months to read your letter. It's as though it happened yesterday. Think about that. You discover an album from 40 years ago and you never heard it and you're suddenly there. Okay, so then they start working up this this other song, um, and it's called "The Pictures on My Wall," and this is the John Peel version. Can you hear it? The sound of something burning, something changing on the First listen for Shane. He thinks. I recognize it. I mean, I heard this song, but I haven't actively listened. Oh, yeah, I like this part. Wow. All right. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So, So what do you think of this song? Well, it's great. Great song. Is this your favorite of all of them that you've so heard so far. far? Okay. I mean, well, let me think. Like, cause, yeah, well, so far in the that we're featuring in the podcast, you mean? Yeah. Because yeah. like, it's not my favorite song of theirs, probably, but it's not really good. Though. I like it. Um, yeah, it's the first one that kind of it feels com- more complete somehow. Yes. It feels like it has more of an arc. An arc. It has more sections. Yeah. I think of them a very, as a very section-oriented yes. band in terms of the song structure. Yes. And this one has these juxtapositions of feel. What an interesting song. Yeah. I got to say, so I have this thing when I listen to music where um, I don't know that I ne- like necessarily hear the lyrics first in some ways. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I think I used to when I was like, young or something you know but then i'm so attuned to like arrangement and the music so i really was trying to listen to the lyrics of this and then i was reading the lyrics and they're like oh those are some really intense lyrics intense intense lyrics that's what i I mean the chorus is all like the pictures on my wall are about to swing and fall yep what a brilliant line that is isn't it just it's so concise and economical and just like terrifying love it it all love it all Okay, you know. I'm glad you agree. Yeah. To me, this is like a song about the people and the outside world. Uh-huh. So it's like, can you hear the sound of something burning? Yeah. I'm I'm getting a, a like a uprising vibe. Okay. And then when you're inside, and then there's he's in this interior where there are pictures okay. that are swaying. So there's something going on outside. 
And this, can you hear it? The sound of someone thinking, someone thinking. Yeah. But I see what you mean. I mean, it could be, it has a revolutionary feel to it. Like, can you hear it? The sound of something burning, something changing. And then people come out. Yeah. I count everyone. It's like there's a group outside. Faces Face- burning, mm-hmm. hearts beating. Yeah. And nowhere to run. There's some, there's a group I of guess, people yeah. outside. Somehow I still feel like it's like, it's almost like metaphor and like dreamlike though, you know, well, even though like, cause there's this, like, you could take all that literally or it also feels like an internal, like, like play of forces, you know, and mm, uh, and okay. so, so somehow, you know, and maybe the music is creating that quality. To so also, it could be about the writer's like internal struggle, and you're like those are the the people inside your mind. To me, I think it's about. <laughs> to me, it is about living through the Toxteth riots and the instability and disruption that is being experienced by the individual. I mean, I do feel like it is about the subjective experience. And I think it's from the point of view of like an adolescent breaking ties with a nuclear family and stuff, you know, but more about that. But what does that mean for the home life? You know, Mm -hmm. What, what kind of pictures on the wall are you picturing? I'm picturing I'm, like family portraits in the hallway swinging, right? Definitely, yes. Yeah, the like, pictures that you hang in a domestic environment. Yeah, right. And there's crowds. As opposed to like you and your girlfriend like taped on the wall. Or, that's what, or that's like what your, pictures or, of or you by the cure is about. Or something. Yeah. Exactly. He's yeah. like such a poet in, in terms of economy. Yep. And, and so there's not for me a lot of times... A direct reference to like, you know, it, 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 he like he he paints like these like inner vistas that mm. can that are more like about like a conjuring a feeling, yep. you know, and maybe like um, you know, create an environment, but you don't. There's no plot, and there's no like. Well, you don't, or it's not explicit. Like this song does not feel explicit, and it's but there's like something's happening, you know. And right. Someone's thinking, and then we're gonna, you know, this and like, and we should have got it right. It could but be it the man. Tell you what any of that is? No. And, you know, and and it doesn't have. It's not like Bob Dylan going down to Oxford Town getting and then hit he's on going the head with here, the Billy. Oh, let me throw club, some images at you. you know? So, so we have agreed that these pictures on the wall are emphasizing familial ties, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we think of family photos, right? I think you so. And me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so because that's like some foundation of stability. Yeah. That, and if it's they're shaking and about to fall, then you're losing that sense of stability. Exactly. Yes. All right. Well, we're talking about <laughs> photographs now. Ah. So now it's time we we need to bring in mm. Susan Sontag mm, because she wrote a book called On Photography, which I had to you know, used quite a bit in my thesis for my art degree. And so I yanked this thing off the shelf because we're talking about pictures, you know, we're talking about a flat surface, a representation. Right. All right. Okay. So then we got, and Shane, you're the reader. I think you're, you're like the better reader. Through photographs, each family constructs a portrait chronicle of itself a portable kit of images that bears witness to its connectedness, 
Photography becomes a rite of family life just when, in the industrializing countries of Europe and America, the very institution of the family starts undergoing radical surgery as that claustrophobic unit, the nuclear family, was being carved out of a much larger family aggregate. Photography came along to memorialize, to restate symbolically, the imperiled continuity and vanishing extendedness of family life. Those ghostly traces photographs supply the token presence of the dispersed relatives. A family's photograph album is generally about the extended family and often is all that remains of it. As photographs give people an imaginary possession of a past that is unreal, they also help people to take possession of space in which they are insecure. Mm-hmm. That is depressing, but feels true. Feels true. But I feel what she's saying about the replacing the extended family that no longer exists with like a simulacrum of, yeah, totally. of itself, you know. By photographing them, you don't like, see them. See, often, we do have a family. Yeah, yep. I mean, it's just weird. I feel because I feel that way right now. Like I don't really. Absolutely. We don't go have dinners with extended family or see people or. You know, they're down there. Right. You have a phone call or a FaceTime or Yeah. It's weird. They're that's why this song has a lot of meaning right now, I yeah. feel like. You know, mm. in our separateness and you know, yeah. full force simulations of reality and connectedness. It's heavy, right? It's too heavy. I had to <laughs> I'm sad now. <laughs> she won't I'm make sad. You sad. <laughs> I know, it gets worse. It gets worse, right? I remember it, Hit us with one more, one more piece of... Thus, photography develops in tandem with one of the most characteristic of modern activities, tourism. Oh, yeah. we Okay, that's a whole other That's going to be fun. Yeah. It's a can of worms, but that's good, too. You know, that makes you feel real good about yourself and these compulsive <laughs> activities that, you know, mm. she puts under the microscope for you to think about. So, I feel like that kind of... Can I ask a question? Oh, please do. Does then the pictures on my wall that are about to shake and fall? Yeah. It's kind of like, maybe that's like a good thing. That's maybe. Because maybe if the photograph is like kind of stitching together this like false ideological reality that you're living in, then if they're about to shake and fall, then it's kind of like, it's like the matrix, you know, like you're yes. waking up from the matrix. That's what this, but the matrix, that's the whole thing with the matrix was like, well, but that was like kind of a nice little fake world. I was thinking, I don't want to be in some alien cocoon, like, fucking, you know, like, no, you don't want like the walls post, to come crumbling uh, yeah. down the merry-go-round, the sound of, you know, something burning, you know, but sometimes revolutions are good, you know, yeah. because they, they, you know, give you access to the real they break the what a strange song it is such a strange song so we need to make sure we talk about the line on the merry-go-round tonight okay. when he when he says that you know what's he talking about what do we know about merry-go-rounds the round the round you know you, they, you don't really go anywhere you don't go anywhere exactly where do you find them in a carnival, That's in right. a circus, you know? Kind of a just... chaotic 
environment. Exactly. So, um, but they're typically associated with merriment. Yes, merriment, but they're frivolous, perhaps a little childish. And he makes it sound scary, though. He does. Like, I'm, like, scared of this merry-go-round. Uh, this is, like, something this wicked this way comes, like Ray Bradbury <laughs> merry-go-round. Right. <laughs> there is no way of knowing. It's that kind. Okay. So, I want to say, and I'm not really sure where that's going to go, so I don't know what to lead into next. Cause because it's a merry-go-round. It just doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> That's right. And I guess it kind of supports this notion that there's some sort of um, chaos surrounding this encapsulated space where the picture hangs. Totally. Know? And there's something about like the spinning of wheels, you know, this feeling yes. of being stuck. We're like doing this thing again. We're just going to go running around in circles. We're not getting anywhere. Exactly. You're out here. There's still all these divisions. Yes. Still a bunch of distracted people who, you know, like sheep, just riding rides and stuff. Eating. Wake up, sheeple. (laughs) Eating cotton candy and just, you know. All right. I want to say, I just want to put this out there. Okay. So we're talking about this like we're we're talking about an interior, exterior kind of space. Um, There's another interpretation of the song. When you think of pictures on the wall and you think of politics. Okay. Okay. okay, Now tell me what comes to mind there. Uh, What do I think of pictures on the wall when I think of politics? Yeah. yeah. Like portraiture? Do you think of portraiture? (laughs) That is perhaps what we think of. But we're talking about Mao. Uh, We're talking about... uh, Lenin. Stalin. We're talking about Stalin. We're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, these okay. authoritarian, perhaps. Right. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, Personalities. Pers- yes. Mm-hmm. Who. So, and so I'm what happens. The cult when, of personality. How does that kind of. Is supported or not supported by the rest of the song? Yeah. Something burning, something changing. Right. It becomes a little more monumental we're mm-hmm. talking about revolution we're talking absolutely politique and yeah all the <laughs> but then the merry-go-round part makes it kind of like mm-mm. like it's just theater nah. it's theater right okay okay there's that some people think that's what the song is about if you go to lyrics.com there's there's a person who oh, posits some chats? that okay there's chats <laughs> You go to the, there's a chat. I think that other people think that. I think that I've read that. And yeah, I'm, yeah, that's cool. I see that. I want to say that I actually, of course, I wrote down the name of the person. I want to mm. give credit where credit's due. Okay. That The comment on, I think it was lyrics.com. Their name is Jumbo Mingus. Nice. Right? Yeah. I thought you'd like that. That's too. cool. That's so, cool, man. So that's what they're they're thinking. That's cool. Uh, I don't know if this is an appropriate place to bring this up, but we did receive a letter um, regarding our last episode about happy death men. And this letter informed us because we were doing a lot of kind of like hypothesizing about what that song was about. And someone wrote and said (laughs) that they read an interview that it was actually about like um, the 
Khmer Rouge, I guess, and Pol Pot and Cambodia and stuff, and uh-huh. like kind of, uh, yeah. Then that's what it's about. That's we like, had spent a lot of time. But that's what uh, Will intended. Yes, yeah, what they said it was about in like an interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but just with that in mind, it kind of like, because I don't tend to think of them as like a political band. It's interesting. They have this, like, a certain amount of it. Yeah. But this album is read, it can be read as Crocodiles. We're talking about, I'm getting in the first album. There's a few songs that people kind of ascribe political meaning to the song, and it kind of holds up. But I always have the sense that again that it's always kind of about an individual you know keith wilson keith wilson <laughs> is the guy who wrote who, oh. the letter from earlier okay yeah that re- the letter we read at the intro yes that's so he also he's a frequent contributor yeah to our inbox but he said that happy death man is about with early interviews with the Bunnymen said it was about Cambodia and Pol Pot and the killing fields. All right. Well, anyway, I'll tell you. I just want to give him credit for that because I think that's just bringing that into this discussion now. How does that work, though? Happy Death Men? I think I'm not really days. like full. I haven't. Um, <laughs> what was, you know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Polish and Shine. It's like soldiers and stuff. Yeah. And I mean,. Uh, there's maybe some context we're missing in terms of, uh, I don't know. I believe them, though. Why not? Yeah, totally. A happy death, man. Right. Happily serving their country. Okay. Man, we might have to just go back and, you know, explore that song again. After we <laughs> After read this one. some histories of Pol Pot and the Killing Fields. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, okay. I want to take a step back and hang that idea on the wall. And I want to talk about my favorite lyric, should have got it right tonight. Mm-hmm. That was that about. It's, it's like, to me, it reads like he's, you know, lamenting lost love. and Like, oh, if I had just gotten this right. Or is it a... Yeah. Like a, like a worker in the Soviet Union who just wished that they had, you know... Assassinated the king. <laughs> you know, or what is it? What's he, what is that part? That throws a wrench in some of our... Like, if it having any sort of optimistic meaning when you're full of regret, should have got it right. But me. doesn't it... It's going to happen again, though, because you're on the merry-go-round. Oh, uh, that's true. So you get another chance. You get another chance, right. But then you won't get it right again. Right. Because it's motherfucking Groundhog Day. So this, this he's sun. being sarcastic. He's kind of being in like a little bit sardonic with the should have got it Maybe. right tonight. That, that's what you would say. You're yeah. always thinking you should have gotten it right, but then. But then. You're going to do it again. Yeah, yeah it's you're the just going to do it. Yeah, the false promise is kind of an accusation. That's, yeah. you know, Ian McCulloch likes I could to see that. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. And he's a sardonic man. That's if there's anything, if there's a one <laughs> to describe him. It is, right? That was a good little yeah. $10 word. It yeah. just fits right mm-hmm. in with some of his, you know. Yeah. 
and the, but in that sense it's like but it, i guess my hesitation was that it's like if that then it's kind of i guess because i couldn't even picture being that sardonic uh which is to say like how biting and like kind of like almost malicious that sounds that yeah you know if that if that's a joke i don't think that's what he's if doing. that's a joke i think that he is like oh man i think it's you know when he's crying out i should have got it right yeah, I feel like that's real. Yeah, I think there's a naivety there. I do too. Of like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to hit that shit, and I fucked it up again. <laughs> or so, I'm trying to, yeah. <laughs> or but maybe you know, but in a more te- more um, in more romantic way, terms, yeah. like seeking that connection. Yeah, you know, like trying to like bridge the gap. You know. It could, you know, he could be talking about some kind of social anxiety. He could be talking about anything. We don't know. We don't know. All right. What are we demon? Thank see. you for listening <laughs> to our episode. No, wait. Let me make sure oh. I covered all my notes. Because okay. I, believe it or not, had notes. We do prepare. Can you hear it? The sound of something burning, something changing. Okay, so I want to talk specifically to this recording a little bit. Um, just one thing I noticed. First of all, this is an amazing showcase. This is the John Peel version that we were I uh, just listened to a couple times. And um, I've listened to it before on the record, but kind of just in a cursory fashion. You know, like, yeah. I'm not, it's like I need to sit down. I want to do more active listening, I've decided, yeah. in my life generally. You know, where you just sit down like you would a TV show with yeah. your you know bowl of ice cream and i'm gonna listen to an album with the album cover yeah and look at it and yeah think about it. i mean that's what we used to do man that is what I, we did we used, back in back the day. in the day man back we did that take some acid do that yeah okay so listen the thing is on this uh john peel version so you got pete defrida's what a showcase it is that's of what his i'm thinking phenomenal just now drumming. when i was walking in the room oh, so i heard tight. you and he when he transitions those transitions are yeah. seamless that and is where not the forget about less you know, oh no les is really not... like he's got like this kind of like interweaving sort of thing going on it's like it's kind of wrapping around you know and yeah. then there's an interesting you know there's definitely some like sus chords and like kind of typical like palette for them you know this mysterious palette um and it's interesting but you know and then you know but ian just totally sucked on it and the, no he didn't no he didn't no, he no, never no, does all, everyone's never delivering everyone's everyone on this version it's just so easy just, for him but though. then there's this weird thing going on there's a clave that's yep. happening. I want to say that it sounds like, is that a trigger? Is that like on the drum machine? Mm-hmm. Because there's this clave that happens right out of the gate. And maybe people DeFries is playing it, but it sounds like weird how it pops well, you know out. You know how in the they mix. love to grab an instrument and just. So someone else might be playing it. I want to know who's playing this clave. Be- Let me tell you about this clave. Have you listened to this recording closely about Let's the clave? Listen. Yeah. It comes in right away. It comes in on beat two. It's like a. It comes in, yeah. Well, it's very loud in the mix, and it's more clave. Got a lot of reverb on it. It sounds it could be like electronic, so maybe like echo is there, and they're just triggering it oh. for the those parts of the song. They haven't completely kicked her out Possibly. of band yet. Listen. Yeah. I mean, I hear it. I'm clear. Shane's like nodding okay. when it comes That's on. Fine. Like, okay. 
Well, so it's on, it's on, it's like really strong beat two. Okay. Two. One, two. Right. And then at the end of the song, it does this, they have this, there's a weird thing where it like overlaps. And it's still like hanging out there on beat two, like dangling by itself. And I, it just doesn't feel like it's part of the drum kit to me. It could be Jake Brockman, the fifth member of the Bunnymen. He's that man's got some good time. <laughs> Is it? It's yeah. weird to me. What are, yeah. It creates like a syncopated quality. To, I mean, it, it's Is like, it, so is it like they're playing live to a click track? And you think it's, it's possible? Like, yeah. And then it made me think, whoa, Peter Frias, wow. And like you know, they already had all the experience playing with the drum machine, so they were already like that tight, you yeah. know. And that was a good ass kicker for them, honestly. You know, like to be to, on a, playing with the drum playing with machine. the drum machine. Yeah. So then you bring Pete in, and maybe he can, you know. So, but anyway, so this, I just find this clave interesting. Yeah, how it, it really sits in the mix, how tight it is. On it's not there the whole time. It pops in on beat two, but it's, mm. it doesn't sound like Pete's playing it. Mm. And it sounds like, yeah, it, and it just sounds pretty drenched in reverb. And, it's right. and so I don't know. Like I guess that's just... it's just really you're curious, Shane. I want to know about curious this about the clave. Yeah. So if you any, if anyone listening, sorry, sorry to like dwell on that. It's just, no, it's, it's are just... you get, sorry to dwell on something in this podcast? I mean, I mean, dwell away. The lyrics are you know phenomenal. Uh, you think it's not Will's about other tone people? And just like I mean, this is it's so good. And, it's so, and, oh, and that's just this Will's John Peel version. Like we could listen to the other versions of it. Like on I, the I, album. I and then I want to hear the one with the dr- just the drum machine and see how that right, here we go. song holds up without Pete. Right, this is the crocodile version. Can you hear it? The sound of something burning, something changing. that scent this is now this is the i'm gonna say i like the john peel version better um sorry you know but Hmm. And now instead of a clave on beat two as this thing that they have, they have a they synth. have like it's some synth sound, but it's only playing that one note. Boom. Yeah, boom. it's like a sonar. Boom. Right? I mean, this is great. Yeah. All right. Enough of that. But I gotta say, I like that. Man, that John Peel session is. It's just it's got a little more. They um, really nail it on It's John just Peele. like better recorded. I don't even know. Like somehow. And John Peel, those sessions sound really you know, good. It's like somehow it sounds to me. I am listening it to it on a speaker on my phone, so I don't. But it just has like a. There's like a Christmas. And so are you, but twice removed. Or, um, yeah. Dear listener. All right, this old ass recording, I love. Yeah, and, you, and the guy. And I, okay, I love this 
really poor quality recording. Was this on YouTube or something? And this is Happy Death Man right here. It's on YouTube. It's not that poor quality. It's just really old. I'm so grateful it exists. It's them in 1979. That's great. And then it tells you the tracks. Okay, so pictures on my wall. Now I'll go ahead and what let is you song? know. Ah, this is pictures on my wall. And I'll let you know that it at this point it's called the pictures on my wall. It's a bootleg. But it's becomes pictures on my wall. It's a bootleg at Eric's. We've listened to it before, okay, but okay. you know. Right. Not this song. Not this song. White, 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 look. Alright. I don't even hear Echo. Okay. Yeah, it's just a cool ass song. I don't hear Echo. Oh, here she comes. Almost like a somebody's playing the bongos. There's almost like somebody's playing the bongos. Piper at the Gates of Dawn era, like Pink oh. Floyd version, like quality to this song. To me, well, yeah, it does have that. They they use that Dang kind of and that that organ sound and just that like the, and uh, that minor kind of na, 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 like Interstellar Overdrive. you know this kind of like chromatic thing, and then like and then. Man, though, like his vocal performance is so strong on so that recording. St- oh, that that's what I'm talking about. Maybe like maybe he's that's like the born yeah. he, like when he cried as a baby. But that could be like, like oh, that, that sounds like the edgiest one. You know what? Like I was thinking, oh wow, his vocals are strong on all of them. But then on that one, it was like they're like it's like he's imploring you or something. You know, there's yeah. this kind of like you're being yelled at almost. Well, should we get into the musical analysis part now? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, yeah, let's break it down. All right. Um, so the song, it's in the key of A minor, you know, you get A minor chord. Now, is this different than the other songs? They do a lot in E minor. Okay, so this is kind of a change. A little bit, but, you know, they go back and forth. (laughs) Right. Because what was the last tune we did? It was like A to E. Right. right. Was that? It was like uh, a blues, though. That was the... Happy Death Men. Happy Death Men. That was, that was an oddball, though, song yeah. for them. That was like an inverted blues or something. Yeah, yeah. But this one's A minor. Real classic kind of figuration. Um, Kind of this like... You know, yeah. music wants to do that. You know, we're just kind of going down. Those are beautiful. I love yeah. this. That descending. Yeah, so it's just like we got our A minor chord. like there's an emphasis on 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 that you know like getting to that like within the strumming and then he goes around to the right before it turns into the next part it goes like there's a little teaser there getting that flat six in there that that minor flat six that's the 
mm-hmm. we've talked about before is the doo-doo brown like you know but like that's and it's called a it's like a it's it's really like six five turnaround in a minor key but you could think of it as the flat six and the if you learn five. anything from this yeah if you know anything <laughs> but um like a, actually a classic example of that would be something that sounds kind of like um like yeah like You know, that would be like a fuller version of like. I think of actually um, that old New Orleans song called That's um, gonna say the um, St. James Infirmary. Absolutely. Because that would be like, uh, like. Uh, you know. Yes. Saw my baby there. Stretched out on a long white table, so sweet, so cold, so fair. And that's that boom, you know. And they use that a lot. So, but it's like, so it goes. This is a different key than the song I was just playing it in, but boom. So that's how I kind of hear that turn around in, in classic like blues literature. But uh, oh yeah, so. Kind of jam the chord, then we get to that pictures of my world are about to swing and fall. Love it. A little classic move there, and then it does this other section that goes like um. That's a nice little move because the first time it goes C, D, back to C, right? A little up and down. Yep. And then we got A, C, and D, and then it goes all the way up to to this before it goes back. And that's kind of like actually what we call a five to one cadence. Because it's like surprise. And, but, but it takes us back resolve. home. It yeah. takes us back home. But it doesn't just take us straight back home. It takes us back to... A. You know, like A minor with that F in it, basically F to E. Okay, so uh, that's the whole song. Yeah, it does. It just like kind of has those uh, three sections, and it just kind of cycles through them in a very uh, cycle-y, throughly kind of way. Yep. Yeah. Does that does that help? That's kind of my. That's I'm trying not to get too technical, but I throw in a little terminology and historical reference there for the people who are interested and want to drop, you know, you know, some knowledge on their friends. And yeah, just, you know, you want to know where more. things come from and how that, you know, what the history of music and all that stuff, and just like where we sit, <laughs> like uh, contextually speaking, notes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, all notes that. and uh, just you know, literature, the literature. The so I trace this back to St. James Infirmary. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yes. And that, even Doodoo Brown is coming out of St. James Infirmary. Yeah. But that's, that's the turnaround, though. I mean, that's a very classic move, too. You hear that yeah. in classical music as well. Like, you hear it in Bach, actually, same key as St. James Infirmary would be something like a. Ah, uh, see. Here it goes. Right there. Right, so you got this guy. In the middle of that 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 Bach uh, prelude in D minor, and that's the same chord progression, like. But it sounds fancier. And then it gets even weirder. Anyway, but that's um. 
see, we got we got Bach, we got uh, Saint, you know, classic New Orleans. These are the streams that feed into the river Bunnymen. That's right. You know, that's right. These. It's true. And I think that um, I'm going to say that Will and the gang, but I think Will has a real sense for the history of the instrument. Even if he's not like explicitly educated about it at this point, I don't know, like, you know, like what he knows or whatever, like he's still like channeling. He's listened to enough music. He's like informed by this. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's a master. Conscious. Yeah. Yeah. You've really gotten into Will recently. I'm going to do a whole journey. episode about Will's guitar playing. I'm so excited. You've well, really been thinking we will. about it. Not just me, but together. I'm we'll kind of going to let you. I'm, I'm kind of happy to just. Okay. So actually, I had an idea for the listener. If you want for the Will episode, that's like a like an analysis of his guitar playing like explicitly like maybe like deconstruct some of his guitar solos and stuff like that you know yeah. um I'm, i do this professionally i do this for a living this is what i do when i don't when i'm not doing a back <laughs> the money man podcast i uh teach people out you know about music and stuff and so um just to, how to play it and analyze it and theorize it and on play zoom. It in different styles on zoom since the pandemic i used to be an in-person guy but now i work at it at home yeah, anyway uh but uh <laughs> for the will analysis episode if there's anything that maybe some listeners could contribute some songs they would like to hear analyzed that would mm. that would help me out because i don't i don't really care i'll do any of them <laughs> it'd be fun yeah so if you have a preference i will definitely do it okay so you don't have anything picked out specifically i mean i listen to them and i'm like oh this would be fun yeah but that's like kind of a lot of them you know but maybe the guitar solos specifically maybe it's like an analysis of the guitar features you know because we've done a lot of chordal analysis we've done a lot of chordal analysis on this you know song for song we like here's the chord progression here's like kind of the notes and you know a lot of the same formula the song is structured but like talking about his like sound or like his note choices or like kind of like you know like even i mean you know i mean he does a lot of interesting stuff famously uh their most famous song uh <laughs> which is called uh the killing moon if you've heard of it and that song does yeah. some really cool stuff as at the end when he's uh moving around in the solo i'm not going to play it now because yep, i can't it really, really remember does. it exactly but i did transcribe a bunch of it at one point and i could do it again yeah when we did our cover band and, uh, oh, and it goes so on and on. Sweeping. It kind of goes on and on. It does. Like it's and like it a, it's fades like, out, but it's going, and it's and it's like. Uh, but he does some cool stuff in there, like mm-hmm. scale wise. Like some choices are made that are that are real cool. I, I think. feel like even I can sense that. Mm-hmm. You know, without yeah. knowing. Well, of course you can. <laughs> you're brilliant. Well, I don't know the names of the notes, but but you know what you hear. And neither did he for so long. Yeah, yeah. No one needs uh, to know he, that stuff. Does he know now? Yeah. I don't know. And you know what? It doesn't matter, okay? okay? Not everyone has to uh, be a theorist about it, you know? Yeah. Now, just I want to say... It's just a hobby. Yeah. And also my job, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, that picture's on my wall, man. There you go. That's another little song that they've got bouncing around. Um. Somebody really wanted that accent on beat two. <laughs> in, in like... Across time, a little That's bit. That's cool. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna say that that was Will. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna give him credit for that arrangement. And uh, I'm gonna say Jake. Somebody give me Jake. No, I mean, I'm saying who's playing it. It was some, Will's idea. Okay. We need something on beat two here. 
We need something. You think that's this? Will. We gotta make this thing swing. One, two, a one, two, three, four. Baby. But wouldn't that be Les bringing that? He's Motown. Oh, it's possible. It's possible. You know, I mean, is he? It's is like he? yeah, he's Motown. Like um, he is Les. And that's what All I'm right. thinking. I look. I, it, I, this is really funny, but like generally. I never want to give Matt credit for anything. I don't know why. Because he's so, like, yeah, I think he's so brilliant. But I remember, like, that was Matt's idea. Like, but then, which is so crazy. He, he's, I mean, he, he'd be like, fuck you, man. So that's all my ideas. All my so, ideas. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think you're right. Like, I mean, of this? and then it's like, I don't, I don't ever, he's not my go to. I don't know why, ideas. though. That's ridiculous. Didn't he write The Killing Moon? What the, who the hell am I? Like, I don't I've know why I think like that. I've read and read and watched videos, and I've, I've been covering so much ground with these guys, and I don't really see him coming in with the vision and that no guys, we, you know, the Marky e. Smith, we've got to do it this way. Right. I think he's, he's like barely, more... he's late. He's barely there. That's maybe why. That's why he, put, he presents that kind of like, I'm I... a little disassociated. Yep. At the same time, but I'm, here's the I'm gonna give you, know, you this vocal a fabulous artist and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah yeah and like uh, you're lucky I'm, I'm you're welcome I'm, I'm here yeah exactly yeah all right I gotta let me tell you let me tell you something about the lyrics okay of pictures on my wall yes please do they really mean something to me mm. right now okay okay they are about the pandemic okay all right so you know can you hear it the sound of something burning something changing i'm thinking about all kinds of fires that we've yes uh endured in this country and and then like i'm thinking about climate change you know i'm thinking about uprisings yeah and then he talks about the pictures on my wall which is kind of like the before times, which weren't perfect, mm. but you can't help but think that they were kind of now in some ways. I mean, yes. I know that many people are happy not to be commuting and there's some other things like that, but it feels like it is, you know, I'm looking at pictures of Elena and I'm remembering kind of a more, a calmer, more stable time. A happier time. These family photos that are hanging on the walls. Right. About to swing and fall. That's heavy. Uh, <laughs> um, it's a heavy band, We should have got it right, you know. And then people come. I count everyone. Faces burning, hearts beating. This is just about, I think, some upheaval. Yeah. And then holding on to what means most. I mean, what do you grab when there's a fire? First thing you grab. The hose, fire extinguisher, um, you know that statistic bucket of water. Have you heard that study of what people take out of a burning house? No, what is it? You don't know? Think about it. Clothes. Okay. We know your problem. I don't fucking know what. My guitar. <laughs> I'd be grabbing my gear out of here. Everyone, everywhere, grabs photographs. Oh, that makes sense. Isn't that? And soon Susan Sontag talks about that. Oh, interesting. It's because we don't have photographs anymore. I know. They're all on the phone. They're all on the phone. They're all in the cloud. (laughs) Pictures in the cloud about to expire. Unless you pay four ninety nine to get more gigabytes. Jesus. 
it's so it's so fragile all of it so yeah it's still you know we could update these lyrics a little you know but uh you're trying to preserve moments yeah like preserve these moments that are fleeting always yeah they're gone yeah there another one just gone (laughs) another one okay and it's gone yeah and we're recording it yeah i'm watching the it's like a picture of this audio yes this this red look at the waves whoa another one hey (laughs) check it out and yet it's over and now it's over that one's over this one's over it's over okay think about that dear listener all right be in the moment Okay, that's, there you have it. That's it. For we did tonight. it. We did pictures on my wall. We did that song. Done. It's done. We hung it on the wall. <laughs> Thank so, you. So you can write us a letter at Echo in Here Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Join us again next time. Next year. <laughs> if you like what you hear, write us a review on the old uh, whatever, iTunes. And uh, anyway. <laughs> Bye.